0: up everybody welcome in to episode six of scurry and the scrub uh we're checking in on a sunday morning here uh excited for this episode actually i think we got a lot to talk about we got a couple creating games in there uh we actually got a lot that went on this week just in the world and just in the world of sports so i'm excited matt how are you doing this morning
1: good man i'm ready to ready to let it rock yeah i'm ready we, to dive into we've this, been like man. talking all week we're like man it was yeah. funny because we've, we've been sending up Monday. a lot of
0: stuff for this. Yeah. So, we and, and, and I think Monday. we, like, we got to do this. We got to,
1: like, yeah. There was a lot
0: of stuff we didn't get to last week, too. So I'm excited. We got two Creighton games in here to chat about and then, you know, dive into the rest, you know, state of the world. Yeah. What'd you, uh, <laughs> what'd you think of that Providence game, first of all? Uh, The Providence game, I was hopeful they would fight back after kind of coming out so flat. But uh, obviously, we saw that.
1: It kind of just dug themselves into a hole they couldn't get out of there like when that's going on on the bench how long before you sense that because it was like two possessions for me and I'm like at home watching it like when did yeah you, if you're if, yeah. you're if you're in your role like trying to like be you know provide energy from the bench when do you notice that they're like that they don't have enough juice today well I think you it was
0: just visible within Marcus and coming back into the lineup I think it took a little bit for everybody to kind of see where they were going to start to be aggressive or whatever. Everyone was just really hesitant, I thought, in that first uh, whatever minute. Everyone was, like, waiting for the other to attack. Like, even when, like, early swings, everyone was like, okay, is Marcus going to attack now? Is it DJ going to attack first? Or is it Denzel going to shoot? Like, what's going to happen? And so it was too much. I'm waiting for my teammate to do something instead of me going, and make something happen for the teammate. So I think, for me, I would have been, like, within that first. For at least by that first four minutes I would have been like come on but it kept going for a little bit uh they, they didn't stop the bleeding and I guess until too late and didn't hit, get their stride
1: that's what I wonder that's what I wonder about in terms of not having a lot of experience in that that bench mob mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what that's I'm saying? True, true that's a good point if you think about it it's uh you know it's like it's Jet uh Sammy Devin um two freshmen like You know, Roddy Modesta, two freshmen. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like down the line of guys who are like, you know, someone needs to go down for me to see the court. Basically, that way, our job is to provide energy today. Um, Because I wonder like how much they feel comfortable going, you know, kind of getting after an upperclassman and be like, hey, come on, you're dragging out here. Like you would have no problem today. Like, Yeah.
0: yeah. And especially like in that when you burn that first time out, like when you know you're down and Providence is going on their run you need somebody to come out and like check you and like hit you in the chest and be like you know what like yo come on wake up Tell me not even going. a coach
1: right it has to be like not a coach
0: it has to be your guys because yeah. co- coaches it, they're like that all the time it's their job to pump into you that like yo let's go so right. sometimes it becomes n- not like uh robotic but you just are used to hearing it mm-hmm. and so you need that from a teammate and i i think you're right i think it does need to come from some of those guys that's that's what i used to do i used to try to you know in chess of guys, Tyshawn, Marcus, whoever was Taz, like, get, get guys going, so uh they definitely need more of that spark, and you, you could see how they could turn it around, but that was a weekday lull, and from the jump they needed more of it, like, that's what yeah. you're, you're right, like, you can't, you can't wait till the first timeout, you can't wait till that eight minutes, like, and they know it, but it's about doing it, so they that's gotta why, really make sure that just doesn't happen again.
1: That's why, like, I know I don't know how you would have felt about this if you were on the team, but I was kind of glad they lost because I feel like in life, you kind of should get what you deserve. So I think if you sleepwalk through that first eight minutes, against yeah. a team well, like Providence, right? Who's, you know, NCAA bubble-ish or whatever. Some team you, you're definitely got to face in March, if not a better one. And if you think you can get away, if you win that game, that tells you in your mind subliminally, it's like back there, that you can get away with just dragging ass for eight minutes and overcome it. And I'm telling you, that should never be – like, you should never be able to think you can just flip a switch in the middle of a game. You should be keyed up from the start. I so, really agree. So I'm glad they, they lost that because way they because they didn't come out against UConn like that, right? Yeah, no.
0: And that's what I mean. So, to, I, they won't lose that way again. Right. And that's why I think it was not a good loss. I don't believe in good losses, but I think it's a a, a, a learning point. That's what I'm saying. Like, player. you
1: wouldn't you wouldn't have liked – you wouldn't believe – you don't believe in good losses. Because you're right.
0: They didn't come out that way against UConn. They won't come out that way for the rest of the season. Right. I think they see how bad it is. Like, how good – they're so good. They – like I was saying, I'm sitting there the whole Providence game. Like, they they could have came back. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're that good that we could have came back. But we're also that team that came out slow, and we can't be that team if we want to win a national championship. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's, been, it's been that way in all their losses except for yeah. – I don't think there was a big lull against Kansas. That was pretty bad. That was a battle back and forth. Mm-hmm. But like the Marquette game, there was mm-hmm. like nine minutes in there where they scored like six points. Yeah. And didn't stop, didn't rebound, didn't stop Marquette at all. Let him mm-hmm. get going. Uh the Providence game, we talked about the first eight minutes. Um, just like think like the Butler game, the last six minutes, you know, or the last nine minutes when they let Aaron Thompson get wherever he wanted to get. They and I think they that's have to the lose stories, those though. games in order to loo- learn that you can't. Or the like theme. go through these extended lulls because you have to be you have to be able to stop it quicker than that yeah as a veteran but team you're capable of you
0: it. bring up a good point because i think one of the law the themes with this creighton team is the lulls because it's in the games that they win big it's when they go on these runs right yeah. you see like they'll go on like the 9-0 runs put a team out but then it's the games where they'll lose where they'll go on these lulls well they'll get hit with a nine zero run and so it's about eliminating that and i think just in terms of that Yukon game, there was no real lull in that game. And it was ugly, but that's how they were able to grind that one out and win because mm-hmm. they managed the lulls. You they know were I mean? in
1: control the whole time. They played, they played yeah. so even yeah. when like even when a stretch happened where UConn got some juice and they and and it was more than Creighton could handle, like that 15, yeah. six run to end the half or whatever. Where you're yeah. like, oh man, create UConn's taking a lot of momentum at halftime. Yeah, but Creighton's still up because they're locked in defensively. They're playing hard. They're flying around. And when that happens, I feel like shots just will, like, they'll be rewarded with that because they'll, they're will they generating good looks. They're playing hard defensively. Yeah, they're getting killed on the offensive glass, but they're also not allowing second-chance points anyway. So it's yeah. a meaningless stat, in my opinion. And then, you know, all those things will translate because they're doing all the things that they need to do. And results just come from that because – I don't know. They've they, That's the easy part of it, I guess, right? Because you're not going to miss every single shot you take. I don't know. It was just a grinder of a game, but Creighton was doing all the things that they needed to do from a foundational level to win that thing and stay in front. And then they hit a couple runs, and they were able to separate. So They were solid. They were
0: solid yeah. the whole game. Mm-hmm. I think it was – I wish – that was one of the games. I text you, man, Darren, and I was like, I wish I could have played in this game because UConn plays hard, man. They they attacked the glass, like – they, they try to get up in you. They try to plug the gaps. Like, they play a fun, hard-nosed basketball <laughs> style. And they embody Dan Hurley. Like, you saw him get the tech. They embody that. And that's, like, I don't know. It's, it's it's fun to have them back in the Big East. I really wish I got the chance to play against them. Because yesterday's game, it's just, like, you think, again, like with typical Creighton teams, you think that run is always coming. That run is always coming. But credit to UConn because they kept, like, really making it hard for Creighton and forcing tough shots. So, Definitely a game I wish I could have played in. But glad could pulled that out. It showed a lot. I think down the stretch, though, the maturity to be able to hold that because, again, how many times have we seen the Creighton teams where it's like, oh, they hold this lead the whole game and then they just can't hold it at the end? I think they, they did show, like, good poise and maturity in being able to just make sure that game was held at the end, like not making it close, like, in which they've done in the past.
1: Yeah, you've been drooling about this UConn matchup. I don't know. Part of me wonders if it's just like because you know you get, you get to be book night or RJ Cole and scout team, and you can kind of get in your bag a little bit. I don't know if that's part of it. Is that that definitely it? would have would okay. have had a lot to do with it. <laughs> had a lot, to do. but much? it still like, does it.
0: I just like ninety I like, ten, or I like what are we talking about? Another, I just like that it's another physical matchup for Creighton, like another not obviously they're very, they're different in Providence in terms of that they're not really trying to slow it down. Like uh, UConn has more of a transition and play, wants to play with a little bit more pace. But I think it's another physical guard play team, another team that really attacks the glass, that it's fun to see where Creighton matches up. And it'll be fun to see for years to come how they match up against this style of basketball.
1: I just love the dynamic of UConn back in the league because there's like there are like factions of this – group of 10 that have been there for the last few years that have different feelings about it. <laughs> like Villanova yeah. has won Natty's plural. So they yeah. don't really, they don't really sweat yeah. anything right now. So they're like, yeah, come back in yeah. you know, and it's just another quality win yeah. for us. Uh, like Creighton. Well, it's another quality
0: win for Creighton too.
1: Well, yeah, but Creighton Butler I'm and like, Xavier are just like, yeah, more new toys. Why not? We're the new kids too. Let's all, <laughs> let's just all have a big party. You know, they're like happy to be there too. And then, like Providence, like Seton Hall, St. John's, Georgetown, like Marquette, like all the oldies that are like, that were part of the Yukon Big East that saw them leave for the big money, football money, and then like now Mm. came back because they're like, we messed up. Uh, They're like, no, they're like the scorned lover. Yeah, but they can't say anything because they haven't won. I know, but that's why they're mad because they know Yukon's a better basketball program than they are. Yeah, you get mad when you don't win. I know, but that's part of it. It's like a jealousy upsetting. thing. They're like, they're like, why is wait? Why are they coming? No, yeah, they they yeah. left. Yeah, it's hard enough for us as it is. Now you're bringing them back, and now we got to fight UConn, Enville, and nobody. Yeah, it's to like adopting
0: we another bro- a new brother that's like really good at basketball. And you're like, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. I was just getting good, Dad. Why'd you adopt a new brother? I was dad, I was just getting good.
1: He's like six six and everything. You're like, why? <laughs> like, How am six, I gonna get like six six from Senegal? You're like, what? <laughs> Like how, like, how, like, how am I? How the hell am I gonna survive in this thing? Yeah, that's I love that. Oh. Like, I can't wait for UConn to play Providence and Seton Hall. Like, those are my, oh, yeah, there's gonna be fist fights. Like, yeah, it's gonna be war. Yeah, especially when these games, yeah,
0: when these games give me UConn, like, UConn Nova, UConn Providence, Seton Hall, all in that Metro, throw that Metro series together again when there's fans, dude. Dude, you know people. Go take a. I'm gonna take a trip down to Hartford because you know that place is gonna be rocking. Like.
1: Imagine like imagine like UConn Seton at Hall Center.
0: at the XL Center, UConn at Providence at the Dunk.
1: Yeah, <sighs> yeah, we got. Because you said you here. said everybody we says Providence is the most hostile here. fan base, right? Like when you guys go there, like oh boy, does that does that ring true for you? Uh,
0: I don't know. I'm I'm I grew up going to the Providence game, so I wouldn't say i I'm used to it. Like my YMCA teams, like my 12 year old YMCA teams, we used to like sit in the Dunkin' Donuts section of those games. And like went to, I went to like Providence Louisville games, like growing up. So I like, I remember it always being like pretty rocking and fun. But uh, so for me, I think just cause I'm from here and maybe not like, I think it's more fun than anything, but yeah, no, it's one of the ones where they're definitely on top of you and it's darker too. Like, they have the, the court – the light's just on the court, so. Yeah. No, it's a, it, it's, it's a fun environment. It'll be more – and then it's more fun when you travel because UConn is just so close. Like, it's really like an hour and maybe 15, like, on the way up from Providence, exactly. So yeah. once they bring fans up too, yo, it's going to be rocking in there.
1: That's the one thing that's crazy. There's going to be the, shit talk galore. Like That's the one thing that's crazy about the Big East Tournament is, like, I don't know if every team does this. But they should because this is like this is incredible campaigning. So like whenever whenever you guys have gotten ready to play Providence in the Big East tournament, there's always been like large sections of like the people that are in the arena that don't really have like one way or the other to go. They're just kind of like ready to watch some good basketball and be entertained. Mm -hmm. Like Providence will send like two, three, four people up there with boxes and it's just Providence T-shirts. And they just rile up these like middle ground folk. And they're like, look, hey, you know, sport our gear, root for us. Yeah. And they get them jacked up. So yeah. all of a sudden, like, it feels like you're on the road and you got all these, like, all these New Yorkers who are just, like, there for a good time. Because they're, yeah, New And then they use their New York attitude to root for Providence. And you, like, feel that energy. You're like, oh, yep. my God, this is insane. So, like, but now we have, has a chance to wrap stuff
0: up. We have a decent amount. So Creighton has a decent amount now. And then watch. It's going to be crazy this year. You think the be fans by the – there's not gonna
1: that's, be a, that's a fucking lately no not are you crazy no way oh, not even 10%. Dude, Michigan athletics just got shut down because the new variant came back remember that new variant that was like hitting up the UK and was, like more yeah. infectious and everything yeah, yeah 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 one of their student athletes like came back from the UK and like got like 15 of them and the yeah. Michigan health department shut down their whole athletic department they're not playing a sport they're not doing <laughs> they're not doing shit that just broke yesterday, like last night. Didn't even know. That's breaking news to Yeah, me. it was like 9.30 that thing broke last night. Like basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, whatever they're doing right now athletically, they're not doing it anymore. Because yeah, like 15 of them, like there's like five confirmed positives of this new variant yeah. and 15 that are presumed positives like waiting for results or whatever. And this is the this is the variant of the this is like the the strain of the virus that like creates more false negatives, false oh, negatives. Are, yeah, uh,
0: that's false what I read. Are the bad. Theory. That's the yeah. That's the yeah. one. I read the article about that. That's the one.
1: Okay. Yeah. From, so yeah, Michigan's uh, already Michigan's already on ice. So right it now. was a
0: key, one of their players went went back home overseas or, or what mm-hmm. happened? Yeah, I don't and know. I don't know who it is. They didn't just name brought it. Back. it like
1: someone from it's one of their players from is from the UK. So it must be like a soccer player or something. Horrible. So, why did they let
0: why did they think that was okay? Was it for holidays?
1: Like, uh, maybe I don't know what it was for, but yeah, they brought that stream back with them and now it's here and it got Michigan shut down essentially. So, yeah,
0: I'm like, how dumb can we be? Why are we letting I mean,
1: oh, yeah. like,
0: letting someone go back from Nebraska to Boston for Christmas is one thing, but letting right. someone go from Michigan. To the uk for christmas
1: when there's a new when COVID there's
0: a new <laughs> covid strain there yeah. and we're still in a globe i think we are right last yes. time i checked
1: i believe we still are based on our headsets and everything yeah we're not uh okay yeah we're not, we're so not, we're not out of pandemic life yet
0: okay so yeah yeah i don't think that was i don't think that was smart i think somebody in michigan
1: made an error there someone did yeah and now the whole athletic department's well, out indefinitely is how they would say it in I'm the sports world. I'm gonna hope for the let's
0: let's hope for the best, and that that strain did not start super spreading in Michigan.
1: Seriously, right? Like that's the. I mean, we get the last thing. We got the mean. vaccines finally starting to roll out. Oh, here COVID's finally like
0: starting to roll out. COVID
1: goes to the off-speed stuff. It's like hold up, though. I got an arsenal right. here.
0: Like, shit, but, damn it, man. Well, yeah, you're just adding to this week. Like, you're just throwing even what is this? This broke it happened last, night. last yeah, night. Yeah, that, we were so already you're breaking done. all. I thought we had all the material covered. I, I thought we had a crazy enough. It
1: week. was a wild night, man. Like, I was going over and, creating stuff, and then and like this, I, was, I was listening to MLK and speeches, and then the COVID strain came out, and then the Connor fight happened. So I had to like make fun of Marcus because Connor got his ass beat. It's like there's a
0: whole, all so yeah, you got a lot. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that,
1: but yeah, so it was
0: a crazy week. Had a lot go on, but the one thing we can't ignore, and we did want to touch on, that happened obviously earliest this week was MLK Day. I just and wanted to know. I, know I, I
1: just wanted to know what you were thinking, like, because yeah. you know, I, here's what I don't. Here's what I don't know. Here's what I don't understand. I can't um, relate to it because I'm not a person of color. But like when MLK Day happens, when they honor all the things he stood for or they attempt to or they claim to whatever whatever it is because there's certainly a lot of like obvious hypocrisy going on that i've noticed more and more throughout life i just wonder what that's like for you for like someone like you like what do you how have you absorbed mlk day because don't you live that every day so like when you hear that in a like a major way from like tv commercials politicians uh public figures like what is that how does that ring to you does it just like you just kind of roll your eyes at it or what happens yeah so this year
0: was really disheartening to be honest I thought a lot of the messages were empty I thought a lot of the messaging kind of didn't even hit at the real points that Martin Luther King Jr. was trying to hit on when he said certain things that people quoted or uh, things that People were trying to share on social media, whatever it was. Is it because think, of the
1: summer that, that, that you felt that way as opposed to previous years?
0: I think so. I think that and then along with the fact that I think we're all, because we're all isolated, I think people were more apt to share something on social media more so than ever this year. And I thought a lot of it just was either taken out of context, missing the point, or just doing it because everybody else was doing it. This like And I could be wrong, maybe this is just a personal feeling, and I felt that way, and I'm wrong by thinking that, but regardless, I felt that. And so it, it was just, to me, it was just people hiding behind the words of something that has been painted to us as equality and how Martin Luther King Jr. has always been this poster child for equality and all that and we've been sold this actual false uh, sense of equality through Martin Luther King Jr. And I thought a lot of people were hiding behind that or just putting that up as a front this year. And I just didn't think there was any real meaning behind what anybody was saying when they were actually posting it and actually, or tweeting it or saying it or whatever. I just, I, I didn't think it was as genuine as before. And maybe that's just because a lot of things were exposed in 2020, or maybe that's just because we see that some people are the ones who say that they're for equality and for Martin Luther King Jr. and stand for what he stands for, but that's easy to stay. And then you can go back to your normal life and you don't actually stand for that. So I think there was a lot of that going through my head this year. And I I think I just questioned everyone's motives behind even making a post about it or saying anything about it. I'm like, why, why do you feel inclined? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel, is it because you actually believe this? There was just a lot of thoughts that went through my head when uh, I saw a lot of people address the issue. And I saw even just NBA, uh, college sports address the issue. I'm like, are they doing this because they mean it? Or are they doing this because they have to? Because a lot of, like I was saying, a lot of things got exposed in 2020. And it's like, now you just can't hide. Now you just can't not acknowledge it. But do you really mean it? Do you really mean you're fighting for like equity, not like this equality that we're all being fake swoon fed like every day? I, I don't know. So even now, I just think, I, I think, because like, it, where has the dialogue gone since Martin Luther King Day? Like, I, we've had conversations about it, and I think within my family, I've had conversations, but where is it just that day we're going to talk about? Like, it. why is it always going to just be we'll make posts for that day and then we move on and go back to regular life? Like, why Why is it that?
1: That's the part of it that got me all riled up on Monday, too, was like, <clears throat> I mean, to your point about the, the wave of outspoken support, if you will, for Um, you know, social justice issues and equality and equity this, this summer. Um, I think, you know, the message of, because everything was so loud and the volume or the temperature was turned up to such a degree that it felt like there was like a, an obligation to speak out because if you didn't say anything, it felt like you were supporting the status quo that has created these issues. So, it was hard to tell sincerity because it felt like it got to a point and I don't mean to be so cynical about this, but it got to a point where it almost felt like a PR war was being waged. Like yeah, who can craft the best, most insightful uh, sympathizing, meaningful message mm-hmm. and basically get that social media clout that comes with it. Like, Oh, Wow. Look at this statement here. That's coming from a place of... really cares about... Yeah, that sounds real. That sounds genuine. All that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It felt like we got to a point where it was like... Because of how it happened in waves... I was -hmm. like, hold up. Now everyone's just latching on at the same time, essentially. Is it genuine? Or is it just because they're trying to protect their bottom line of their business, essentially?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So is it like self-preservation in terms of their own image? Or is it an actual like, do they actually feel empowered to stand and li- use their voices to lift the voiceless? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that to me, the summer was like, I don't really know how to sift through what is public relations BS versus what is genuine, heartfelt, yep. like a call to action. Yep. And on Monday, it, 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 you know, it was there again, but I, you know, and and it's, I'm kind of cognizant of the fact that I don't want to speak emotionally. I I want to like, try to not speak emotionally anymore on these issues because I think emotions drive just your general energy and anger and whatever you can, whenever you can summon to back up your point. And I, and I know we said we're done being reasonable with the unreasonable, but I still feel like it's important to convey messages in a reasonable manner. So there's a balance that I want to strike there because I don't want to be so abrasive and feel like I'm attacking people who shouldn't be attacked just because they don't really understand what they're standing for or against. So I, I do feel like that needs to be handled delicately so they can understand why, standing for this leads to that which leads to what we saw this summer like there has to be a kind of understanding that it's all kind of woven together it's not a separate issue so i think monday got me pretty upset because it just i couldn't shake the hypocrisy of celebrating the the basically the surface level of what dr martin luther king stood for like equality is something that's kind of abstract right you know it's everybody get along like don't judge people by how they look or how they sound or what they believe if it's not harmful um just come together you know we're all the same we're all one race we're all the human race right that that's that is a nice idea but when it comes to executing it at a systemic level like a government level from lawmakers from legislators to however you create your your system of rules regulations uh schooling businesses um health care taxes all that stuff comes in that same message and it's more so that 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 dr king and everybody fought for that doesn't get talked about enough on MLK Day of all days, for crying out loud. So if that's the day where we literally churn, where our our antennas are as high as ever, and we're making sure we're honoring what this man stood for, why don't we ever have those conversations? I think like we a, we had. I think you know what the most jarring moment was for me on Monday. This is going to sound what? super silly if you if people don't know understand it, but the most jarring moment for me, I was watching UConn St. John's basketball. On FS1, yep. Um, and they got to a commercial break, and like right before their commercial break, they did like one of those remembrance uh hits or whatever, where it's like they had like Jay Wright talking, and like one of the other biggies coaches talking, like Patrick Ewing, uh, about you know Martin Luther King's impact and whatnot. And as soon as they got done with that, which we've already established, it's kind of just surface level, it doesn't really touch on the issues that faced uh, people of color, the marginalized in that country at that time. Um, and still today. And then, you know what they went to right away? I I don't think it was like intentional, but it's just like, it's part of that corporate hypocrisy I'm talking about. It's like they went from showing you a video of two coaches talking about the impact of Martin Luther King jr. Um, to honor his, his, his day. And then they went straight into a, my pillow commercial, now, if you don't know what uh, my if you don't know what my pillow uh, is, so the my pillow guy, the CEO of MyPillow, who basically does his own commercials, he's like the main super narrator racist. of them. Okay. He's the super guy, racist. he's the guy who was like Trump's one of tr- one of Donald Trump's main uh. supporters of this election fraud narrative and trying to get all these like votes rescinded and thrown out and to re reinstitute like his his presidency and get him a second term and everything. Do you know who that affected? Like that's what I I just want that question out there. Do people understand who that affected? They were not talking about throwing out votes of just anyone. The votes they were like keen in on targeting was from segments from counties that had large segments of the population that were black. You're talking about throwing out black votes to make sure this guy gets reelected and gets to serve his four more years and gets to remain in power. And so it was jarring to me to see us go from, remember Martin Luther King Jr. Remember all he stood for, here's the impact he had. And then they go right into selling pillows from the guy who like had a major impact on the terrorist attack at the state Capitol and trying to throw out and disenfranchise African-American voters. Here's in you're saying like see, if you if you're if I you're fully aware that. everybody calls it, they say the word that. woke right the word is woke but if you're yep. fully aware of what's going on in the world not just in one certain area but in all you realize that they just had a they just essentially had a fascist sell hawk his main product not a split second after we just got done honoring a guy who stood against that very the thing that that guy very his ideas, basically it was Martin Luther King's ideals versus hey by my pillow while I throw this while I throw out your all your votes what an and shit awful
0: back to back
1: that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. to me that was like awful I can't even I can't process any more of this shit today because somebody like, should get fired for that somebody should get fired it just that. felt like too much hypocrisy
0: honestly like so that's and what I'm saying so but to your so I think the main thing that. I get from all of it is just that this message was misconstrued. Like a lot of the Martin Luther King's message of equality has been actually like taken back from how deep it was. Right. Like you're saying like on Martin Luther King day, like Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we should be talking about these policies of equality that he was speaking of. We should be talking about these social reforms of equality that he used to talk about and how to actually make our system, equal right like he wasn't talking about oh let's treat each other equally like yeah, he let's, wasn't Matt Jordan, let, let, let's make sure we, right that's not what he was about that's what everyone thinks now everyone's like oh it was about treat others how you want to be treated like make sure you treat everyone in your first grade class equally mm. because even if they have different skin tones and they're from different places and they look different and they're different genders no 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 no. like that's all good and fine. like we all get that on the. Surface. he was yeah like, he, he, wasn't, preaching that. he just, wasn't preaching he wasn't preaching but he wasn't saying that mm-hmm. that's not what he was getting at and for it to seem like that whether it be on twitter or whether it be on fox sports like it that's what the message is like i am almost like why can't we dig a little bit deeper these we have and and i'm not trying to call anybody out or anything like i'm not trying to call out fox sports or anything like that i'm just trying to say like there's some brilliant people there and there's like and i even saw some some segments with guys like gay, giving speeches on uh all these like the, what martin luther king's message meant to them but i just wish we could dig a little bit deeper where we could talk about how he was preaching what like all these problems we were saying about systematic racism and systematic uh disenfranchisement of black people he was preaching all these things why can't we talk about those things and what his solutions were to that like that's i would like that to, i would like that to be brought up a little bit more on that day and i would like that to be the, the focus of what we're talking about instead of treating everyone equal i think we should treat everyone equal every day i think every day we should yeah to treat. i don't think that should be a thing we don't talk about every day i think but on mlk day i would like to revised like i would like to get into these discussions about like what was really he was really fighting for well, and the, what equality meant to him like and it wasn't just this cookie cutter image of equality it was like something he had to fight yeah, for like it wasn't what a lot of like and i even said it to you i'm like people don't get that like he's painted and the way we learn about him in school is he was like this he was the poster child for equality and he was this like end-all be-all figure of uh social and racial equality it's like no this dude was hosed down in the streets this dude was uh r- like ridiculed and banned from places arrested, arrested. and beaten and like all the stuff and, like, shot, you see, and like, shot and killed eventually and shot and killed eventually so it's like we need to stop actually talking about him like we didn't vilify him in this country mm-hmm. we vilified this man we vilified him so much that we thought he knew too much so he had to die like that's mm-hmm. that that's he had to get murdered like that's actually why don't we talk about that why don't we talk about what is it that these that he knew that these people were like we need to assassinate him because he knows too much he's going to get because we
1: as we learn as we're taught our history we don't learn about the atrocities of our own doing because that doesn't i don't know i guess i don't know how i would feel if i learned about that as a child i don't know But, I mean, it is Well, I don't think it's about learning it as
0: a child. I just think it's about teaching it in the right way. And when you get to a certain age, telling just the truth. I think by eighth grade, I think we're all – our brains are developed enough where uh, it can be taught to uh, a way where it's not like, oh, like, after, you know, Martin Luther King died, everything was equal and we could all use the same bathrooms and it was all fun and games. It's like, no. Like, can we talk about how it was actually bad because – we took that that was a step back like you you Mm -hmm. can't act like killing a civil rights activist and leader is wasn't a step back in the 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 fight for racial equity
1: right that's what i mean like i think everybody i think i think i I I get
0: and i appreciate honoring his death i i I get that like and i'm not trying to be cynical about that but i don't think we're doing it in the right way I think there's more that can be done to honor that man and I don't think we it's I don't think an Instagram Twitter Twitter post I don't think all of the, none of those things we've been doing that for how many years people have been taught like how many years and what's changed like I, I just want something to be different about next year's Martin Luther King day, like junior day I just want something to be different.
1: Well, I just want I to get know to. What a, it I want. Is. I want to get to a point I where I want to get to a point where he wouldn't have to come back and say the same things. Because yeah. I'm just like thinking about the world today. I'm like, if you know, we we.
0: Yeah. Why did all these? It's, it's a day to apart. honor him.
1: But would it? Would it? Would would he be saying anything different in the streets today that he was saying in the streets in the '60s? Because I'm hearing the same things, so it's not like. It's not like he came out in the sixties and was like fighting for uh, everyone to be able to stand in the same water fountain line and eat at the same restaurants and crap. And, you know, at the same tables and whatnot, that like, that part of it is so small. I think when people see that in imagery, they're like, wow, I can't believe we live like that. And it wasn't that long ago. So now think about the other stuff he was talking about, the more important stuff that would have lifted these marginalized communities mm-hmm. up to a point where maybe in 2020 we'd all be at a playing like on a level an equal playing field. Yes. Right. That's what it so like. Equal,
0: if, about, talking, it's all, if we would have been
1: honoring him. It's all you're talking about we wealth truthfully? redistribution, right? You're talking about public schooling, integrating schools. I mean, you're talking about school integration. There was a, he gave a speech, I'm trying to think what it was called, America's Chief Moral Dilemma, where he yeah. talks about the integration of of, of schools. And, you know, that just happened in the 60s, right? So, at the rate it was being implemented, he said it was too slow. And the rate we were, I think he said it would be 97 years before it would, based on the rate they were implemented, before it would be essentially, you'd be getting those equal rights, you'd be getting those equal opportunities. And I think about, and I thought, and it hit me because. I think about my background and where I grew up and what my um, interactions were with people of color. I don't even remember if I had an interaction with a Black person before I could ride a bike, before I was like in junior high, essentially, like I was a teenager. Think about how much of my life I'm used to just seeing the same people who look like me. And then all of a sudden, that would seem kind of jarring, right?
0: Absolutely,
1: but is it is it is it am, is it my fault or is it my parents' fault or is it my community's fault that I didn't live in an integrated neighborhood or go to integrated schools? Like, I feel like that's out of our control. I feel like other people, other people that are in power and can control that better than we can because we just move a little bit. But like, so like a little. B- so I, I think back to that, and I'm like, I had one neighbor my whole life who was black. That's it. One family in junior high. I think I only had two black kids in my class the whole time in junior high in high school. I remember distinctly when I was like a junior or senior, there were like six kids that were all kind of friends or whatever. And they came from, I think they came from Omaha Northwest. I don't even know if that school is still around anymore, but I think they came from Omaha Northwest and they transferred to Papillion where I went to school and I remember the first day I was like, they look, you know, you notice new kids, but they were like, you know, they all like, they were all black. They were all hanging out together. They're all in the same area. They all like dress the same, act the same, talk the same. And you're like, wow. So you don't mix your, you didn't get, I didn't get that like blend of cultures to understand that until late teens. And now by then it's like a really jarring experience. So, you only just, have, you kind of have like an emotional reaction to it. You're like, I could either embrace that or I can resent that based on stereotypes.
0: That's, and, and that's formulates how dangerous that biases, is, right? And think, and think about how, how
1: dangerous that is because of
0: just the years and years that you didn't know that that was a real thing because you weren't exposed to a certain type of diversity, mm-hmm. right? And because, like you just said, like you, if you wanted to, you could have. Completely like alienated yourself from that group of people and been like because they're different. That's wrong. They don't look like the people that have been here, the mm-hmm. people that continue to be here, and that like are in power here. So they are lesser. Like that's be- because of the way that like the and this is what I'm saying is the, like like which is an issue. I wish we could have addressed on Martin Luther King Jr. Day because this is something that he was so adamant about, like empowering these communities and the. The power of having diverse communities because it's like dangerous for people to grow up and then only see their first real set of 100%, 100%. diverse or d- just black people or whatever at 18 or whatever years old because then that's 18 years of racial programming where you mm-hmm. think that that is bad. And so now, how are and you? You don't, be-
1: you don't belong here or there. Like it'd be the same you thing think that that it doesn't wouldn't belong. Even be, it wouldn't even just be from the, the, the african-american perspective Mm -hmm. if like if you're if you're a white family we're moving into a a black neighborhood it would probably feel the same way that's not to say that there isn't a system set up to hold and oppress african-americans because that we can talk about that for days on a different
0: conversation but
1: it is about like you said that racial programming where you just get used to what you're used to and then when you throw in Something that something throws new. that yeah th- something something new throws something it that you're, off. that you're not used to. It's a different it's a different cultural aspect. It's different like it just it just throws things out of whack for you if you're not used to it. And you have a couple ways you can go. One is a harmful path. One is a path towards opening your eyes and learning that oh man, society is not about how we look or act because everyone's kind of got their own their their own differences, but they all can mingle together if they're not harmful. So that's what I mean. Mm-hmm it doesn't always come from a place of like programming to hate. It comes from a place of just bias. Like you have a certain set of ways you're used to. And then if something throws that off at a late stage in your life, like, you know, 16, 17, 18, we're basically talking about a generation Mm. of life at that point. Cause what are Mm -hmm. they 20, 25 years or whatever. Um, So yeah, that's like, that's you think about how much you've experienced up to your 18th birthday. And then all of a sudden you have like your, a new first black classmate. Yeah, think about that. You have your first black friend. First because black I'm, friend. Not saying, yeah. I'm
0: not saying I'm not because I'm not saying like these like people are like I'm, I'm not trying to say like someone's racist or whatever until 18. I'm all I'm saying is it's like because of the systems in play in this world and the way communities are grown and the way the suburbs are the way all, mm-hmm. a lot of places are the way socioeconomics are just in America because of that like a lot of uh, upbringings are just solely like you grow up around in neighborhoods and go to schools with people that just look like you mm-hmm. and that's true of especially a place like omaha because look at how different and segregated omaha is right like if you look at the surrounding parts it's like north omaha black west omaha white south omaha spanish so mm-hmm. it's like this how long, is how long all are i'm you saying in? is that how long were you in, you in be, omaha
1: mr Massachusetts kid how long were you in omaha
0: and I was only in Omaha for four years.
1: And you noticed that, huh?
0: And I noticed that right off bat. And I noticed that my freshman year. Yeah. My freshman year in my education 150 class.
1: So think about how long it's been going on if you just noticed it in a couple of years. And that's there. what I mean. And think about, and how, think about how normalized and, and I mean, it is for people.
0: And, and And I mean, even in especially a place like that, how dangerous it is on that mm-hmm. front. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying like just. I'm not just saying like growing up in a strictly white experience is dangerous. It's dangerous to grow up in just a strictly to to grow up in a place that you're like, oh, it's strictly black. Right. You feel like that's dangerous, too, because then you're around. Yeah. Other like you just don't know how to act. And then that's where these problems like this is where then there's you don't know how to act around these people. They don't know how to act around you. And then there's a form of hostility. And this is how these bad things
1: happen. Well, you think about if you think about what popped off this summer. Yeah. When you're talking about trying to, when you're trying to trying to get used to people that don't look like you. What if, say, you're doing something that's, you know, you're you're breaking the law. OK, but it's yep. not like a violent crime you're committing. Yep. You're just, you know, you need to be uh, restrained, punished, taught your lesson, essentially whatever it is, our system of laws. So, like, imagine you're in that position of not being of being brought up in a certain neighborhood around a certain type of people. And then four or five people who don't look like you, who aren't from your background, who don't know how, who don't understand your culture and don't can't like interact with you on just a level basis where you guys can make, come to an understanding. Oh, by the way, they're also armed. How threatened would you feel? Oh, by the way, forget that you're brought up, that you have to be brought up your whole life to know, the history of what happens to people who look like you in situations like that. Then tell me how, how, how reasonable would you act if that situation happens to you over, let's just say a counterfeit 20. Oh wait, that did happen. Right? Like Mm. just imagine how you'd act and you talk about like just comply like all it's that knowing all, how to do that that's it's, what i'm saying it feels like we're going on tangents right now we're not it's no i think all we're hitting on the i think woven, we're it's all woven point.
0: together i think we're it's yeah all exactly woven together i don't think we're going on tangents i think we're talking about exactly what we were talking about before and i think even you want to relate it back to just talking about mlk day because mm-hmm. like i'm like this is exactly what we should have been talking about like on mlk day how the the like i would have loved to have held like a, a open discussion with anybody about why it's so important to grow up in diverse communities and how people who grow up in these diverse communities are better communicators because you know how to talk to people in a way where they'll understand. And you know how to like, we can like a situation like you're even saying over a counterfeit $20 bill. You don't think having diverse experience because if I'm not mistaken, the owner of that store where George Floyd uh, was murdered outside of was in, uh, I want to say Indian. I want to say the owner of that store was Indian, right? You don't think that whole situation was a very diverse situation with a white officer, a black man, a Indian store owner, white civilians. You don't think if all those people had more diverse, like up, like understandings and upbringings and friends and knew how to talk to people better, that situation wouldn't have gone differently.
1: Right. I mean, it's only a theory, but it would, it makes sense because you understand when and you know, I, how, when you know how to like, interact with each other, you know how to diffuse situations better. Exactly, as opposed you to escalating them to casually, we don't
0: get to this level of hate and all that that we're at in this country because we didn't like we weren't in we didn't grow up in like a, a one set way. I think there's just mm-hmm. so much power in diversity, and I think there's so much power in having just a diverse set of people you're around
1: i'm not saying it has to be your direct because tribalism tribalism is bad like tribalism (laughs) leads to violent conflict every single (laughs) time (laughs) you know what i'm saying and and, you know the other thing that made me mad this week was uh i think it was the day after martin luther king day the the you know outgoing (laughs) thank god the outgoing secretary of state who by the way if you just check the like if you're if you're you know a hardcore gambler if you just check the odds on 2024 presidential favorites. This name pops up quite high on the list oh, for a student political for a certain political party that we'll just leave unnamed just to not make people feel uncomfortable. But the outgoing secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, literally fired off uh, you know, just a thought fart, essentially, that multiculturalism is something that just shakes that. up what our founding fathers stood for. He said that, and I'm just like, imagine the brash nature with which you have imagine to live it, your yeah. life to, to have the audacity to say he didn't even say he wasn't even just talking about black people, Latinos, Muslims. Like it, he said, multiculturalism, basically mixing of the races oh, yeah, and no. the religions and all that stuff. That's like, uh, it should it it shakes the bedrock of which we stand. And see, this is my problem. like what. There was twenty a presidential candidate, a favorite for the twenty twenty four nomination, is is. is saying that publicly.
0: So this is what my problem is. He there's probably people who liked his tweet and all that about that that shit, and posted an MLK Day
1: quote. That's right. That was the hypocrisy, and that's my problem. Yeah, this is my problem. Well, my problem is we might have a presidential candidate who believes multiculturalism is a is a thing that needs to be combated because we had, the, mean, like, we had remember a, how I talked about a, my, we had a
0: president we had a president who <laughs> thought multiculturalism should have we have been did. combated? What do you we mean did. he he did shit to combat let's, multiculturalism? Let's let's, <laughs> let's, let's
1: let's zoom out for a second here because as I'm talking, everybody's probably listening and thinking you know this white kid from
0: They're probably suburban off, whatever
1: yeah. suburban Nebraska like thinks he's got ideas to pop off about if he, he's talking about multiculturalism, you know who he's talking about. I'm one, two, I'm three generations removed from immigrants who moved here, who couldn't speak English their whole lives while they were in America. Mm-hmm. That's who he's talking about. He's talking about my great grandparents. Mm-hmm. And then my grandparents who had to learn English in school and wouldn't be able to under this little multiculturalism reign of terror that we're about to, you know, we would have embarked on. He's talking about me now. He's talking about you. He's talking about everybody who doesn't fit the description in the mirror, essentially. I so think you might, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, we honored means- MLK on Monday and on Tuesday, that motherfucker said that. And yeah. he's a power player in this world, in this government. So, so what are we, so, so, so don't, tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me We're so it's so great. What MLK day did, what Martin Luther King did, because we finally are drinking at the same water fountains and we're finally kind of going to the same school sometimes. And Uh, we're eating at the same restaurants and, you know, we live in the same neighborhoods sometimes. Um, We all can get along just if we follow his ideals. Eh, There's a little bit more to it than that because not everyone's on the same page yet. 60 years later, not everyone's on the same page. Yeah. And that's not We haven't even gotten into the voting rights act part of it, which was a big deal because you saw, if we're talking about the hypocrisy of it, voting rights was one of the major linchpins of the civil rights movement because of all the jim crow laws and the intimidation that still happens today allowing felons to vote when they done serving their time or when they're not done serving their time voting from prison now you now go study the drug war go watch 13th on netflix go study the incarceration rates of blacks versus non you know non colored people Go study it and how slavery still yeah. exists. Basically, essentially, they just like changed the name and and you know made made laws that enforced it's it. It's Called mass incarceration. Yeah. So like, just go Later. study that stuff. Go study the Voting Rights Act. Go study the drug war, and you'll see how it sounds like we're rambling, but it's all woven together. It's all and we're just touching on the surface of it. We, we can flesh it out. It'll last ten hours, but we can flesh it out if you want us to. But it's like ask yourselves these questions. Challenge yourself to learn new things. Because then you'll see that the pain this summer wasn't just about one incident of George Floyd being choked to death. It wasn't about one incident of Ahmaud Arbery being gunned down in the street and hunted like a dog. It wasn't about Breonna Taylor having her apartment broken into shot and killed yet. No one's responsible. Not even the boyfriend who opened fire first, like no one's responsible for her death. It's not, it wasn't just about incidents. It's not about anecdotes. It's about actual society fighting back against just the will of people to just play on a, like I said, being a level playing field. It's all, they're not asking for, they're not asking for retribution. Mm-hmm. They're not saying, look, we've been oppressed for this long. So you should be oppressed for that long now. And we should switch places. They're not asking to switch places. They're asking to be in the same place together. So don't, don't honor him on Monday and take your day off from work or whatever you get honor your holiday and not actually like study what that day is about. And then turn around on Tuesday and say, just, you know, go back to the way you were and not learn anything from it. It's sickening like to see all these, all the politicians who voted for, you know, voting for throwing out, you know, tried to throw out this, the the results of this election, tried to um, question it, incited that awful nonsense we saw you know, what hour of many Wednesdays ago and then still preach that Martin Luther King, that they stand for what he stood for and that they're fighting for that every day like that. You're not because, because
0: racism only exists until it tears down the foundation in which supports your life.
1: Yeah. I've had conversation with people that like, don't believe I've had conversations with multiple, with multiple people this summer who don't believe that, uh, black people are more racially persecuted than white people. They feel like it's I've also e- had this conversation. They feel like it's people. even, many, even many Steven people. right now.
0: Yeah. Many people, even a lot of, some of the people I work with, they will even say like uh, when George Floyd and everything happened, I like immediate reaction. Like, I was like, can you believe that shit? And they're like, yeah, white people get killed by the cops too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then another one, another one, wait, wait, another one. Well, he shouldn't have been talking back to the police officer. That, that's what happens when you talk
1: back to a police officer. Is it? I missed that part in the laws where it said you couldn't same, talk back to same talk back same, to people. Or you could same. I didn't know
0: that was written anywhere. I actually tried to Google that after you said it to me. Yeah, I didn't find so that scary. in the
1: Minnesota statutes anywhere where it said yeah. You couldn't I couldn't fear for your. You couldn't fear for your life. I didn't while you see. Were being strangled I didn't see that. Death. I didn't
0: know. I. It's. I must be like in fine print, like really small, because mm-hmm. I didn't know that it would say like. Oh, talk back to a police officer like it, it's probably really small fine print. Yeah. Knee to neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds, and then death. So, right,
1: weird. I didn't get. I, did, that I didn't hard. know that if you if you once dated a guy who who deals drugs, that it's okay for them to kick down your apartment yeah. That now that
0: that's that's on fire. you for the rest of your life. I didn't know that. That's
1: well, but her boyfriend shot first. Okay, fine. Then why isn't he in prison for inciting a gun war, a gunfight yeah. in her apartment, and getting her killed? Well, I, just, I mean, he had a right to shoot because they broke in. Okay, well, I just think- they bro- if they broke in, then aren't they responsible for breaking in and starting to shoot at people? Like, no, they're not responsible either because they were just defending themselves. So basically, you're telling think- basically you're telling me your law sets up for someone to just randomly get shot to death in the middle of the night and no one's responsible. It's just an oopsie daisy. Well, well, we well I don't them- want to get into it. That, family- is Kentucky-
0: that is we- Kentucky though. Yeah. If you really want to get into Kentucky law, that it's jacked up from the top down.
1: Seriously, oh, we gave their family the city gave their family twelve million dollars as retribution. Okay, so the retribution is that so tax- you're telling me her life was only worth 12 million dollars of Kentucky had to pay for this woman's death. No one in law enforcement is responsible. No one, you know, how
0: disrespectful I actually feel like that is. I, I did want to hit on this too because I listened to uh, I was listening to uh, a podcast with Stephen Jackson, Eaton Thomas, and he they were talking about uh, like Stephen Jackson was t- kind of talking about the George Floyd situation, they were talking about some of the like attorneys like Ben Crump and all those guys who are supporting George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and what have you. And what killed me is like where they talk about how much money like these families make in settlements after like all that. It actually kills me because it hurts me more to see how much in these civil, I know there's a lot more factors here and I'm not trying to, uh, like demean or whatever but it kills me to see how they try to like tell me a human life was worth 12 million dollars and i know that's not exact all they're trying to say i know there's so much more to it than just that and it's not as black and white as i'm making it out there's a number
1: there's a number on on, you're putting a number on
0: george floyd like you're saying he was worth this many like his life was
1: not him. even that his life was worth that. It's like killing him was worth that. Killing him was worth that because you didn't. It, his life didn't just expire. He it was you know? taken. Hers was taken like in violent manner. So you're telling in a me violent manner. Yeah, what you're saying by with the with the with a settlement is you're putting a price tag on the act, not on what that person was worth. Like you're putting a and like you're saying part of that you're saying just that just person was, right worth, me, was worth was <sighs> worth this, and she was taken out like that, and that's what <sighs> that's how much that costs us. See, yeah, it just don't sit right with me. It never I will. It never will. I agree because that's not justice. That's just some kind of like, you know, I don't even know what that is. That's like, oops,
0: here's some money. I I don't know. And and I mean, like, and and, and I'm asking anything. That's why there's just, there's, there's no solution to that. I mean, it's a human life, man. There's nothing I can say here. That's, and there's no amount of money. I could, it could be a billion and I'd still be like, really? Like a billion? Like, I don't know.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm just. Well, that's what it comes down to. It's like, well when we want to raise the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage, when we want to provide health care for everybody, universal health care, when we want to um, f- uh, funnel more money into public schools and create better education for communities that don't have opportunities to learn. Yeah. Um, the question is always like, well, who's going to pay for it? Well, I mean, you just made the city pay yeah. for it. You just made the city pay for you. You going- just, you just, a wild wild west on some chick's apartment. You stupid, almost killed you almost killed yeah. their neighbors and their kids. They're, they're getting justice because they that's the only charges that got thrown at the at the police officers was for stray bullets that went into their apartment, not the bullets that went into Rayon Taylor's body. Yeah. So you said that's worth what twelve million. So if someone's paying oh. for that. Yeah. It's so like, why can't oh, we pay for, why get, can't, why? You tell me so we don't have got, enough money to pay for the whole That's what I'm country? saying. We got
0: 12, we got $12 million in the bank for a fraud cop, but we don't have $12 million to go fund inner
1: city public schools. Yeah. And then everybody like recites the national debt and everything like that. Like, does do people Stop realize the United money
0: States. money on the military. Well,
1: hold up though. Do people realize the United States prints money, right? Like we owe ourselves. <laughs> like, I mean, if you were borrowing from yourself, don't you just like create your own. Like, do you have to, what are you, you going to start a war with yourself to pay yourself back? Like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to, who's going to, what's the loan shark? Who's the loan shark in this scenario? Like, who's coming after you and like capping knees because they owe you 50 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like we owe ourselves. <laughs> who's going to pay for it? We are. We, we uh, have, we, every time we need the money, we find it somewhere, you know, just fire up a printing press and get it going. Cause we need this ridiculous. shit. This is what creates the inequality because. Not everyone's on a level playing field from the jump. It's ridiculous. They're born into life where they have a higher mountain to climb than than other neighborhoods, other communities. So it shouldn't. America shouldn't be the land of like where you're fucking born, or the yeah. like the land of who the your life parents you're born are. Into. Yeah, I thought it was the land of opportunity that everyone has the same chance at. That's not the case right now, and that's why everybody's upset this summer. It's not the case. And if you're if you're combating that. For whatever reason, just just challenge yourself a little bit. Well, yeah. You know, write down your reasons, study them, and then study these issues that you keep hearing about that you feel like are radical, that you feel like are and please come to back your... at us. Like, and and please, yeah, if there's any means. information
0: we need, please. I say every week when we get into this, but I, I will like, throw I out my personal. I, want, I will I throw out side. our personal
1: emails. I want the, I want questions fired up. Too. Yeah,
0: I want questions. Everything like I would love to like dig deeper into this. If there's something anybody wants to call me out on, I'd love it. I'd love to talk about it. Like, cause there's so much I'm trying to learn from having these conversations for
1: real. Yeah. But I mean, we could, so. that's what I'm saying. We could go 10, 12 hours if we want to yeah. on this stuff. So whatever, whatever yeah. you think we're leaving out, feel free to hop in and, and, and speak yeah. your piece because there's an answer to it. And
0: there it's always, not what you think so like this. That's what I mean.
1: There. I said it a couple weeks ago, but it basically is true. Now, if you don't stand for progress, you stand for hate. Because, that's, true. that's the only options. You have to move forward. Otherwise, what yeah. are you talking about? If yeah. you if you're you if you backwards. sat there this summer and said, Meh, that means you're coming from a place of privilege where it doesn't affect you, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. So you exactly. so that's what I mean. And if it doesn't if it doesn't matter to you, then it's going to continue happening because you do nothing to change it. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're enabling the hate part of it. Progress is where you actually feel yeah. compelled to change. Some of your beliefs and behavior and voting is the way to do that because you Mm -hmm. elect leaders who will enact some of your, some of the policies they stand for. Like we did not do, (laughs) we did not do a good job of, you know, I'm glad they're in charge based on the other option, but Mm -hmm. We did not do a good job of selecting the most progressive people no, to lead no, the country. Not at all. So we've still got a ways to go here. we got okay? a ways to go. This was like a normalizing effect we did with this election. But well, we got I more moves. I saw to a move. crazy
0: stat last night, and it was like I – got, I got to find the exact source, and I'll send it to you later. But I saw a crazy stat last night that was like the average age this year of somebody that voted was like – 38. And it was like the average age of someone in office
1: is 68.
0: Yeah. Right. Tell me about a divided country.
1: Well tell me but tell me tell me about life experience. Cuz Oh those, yeah,
0: no, life experience between the two. Yeah. That's
1: what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying like what what, what kind of communities do those 60-year-olds grow up in? Oh, exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. And that's what we're talking, talking about today.
0: Yeah. Everything we've been saying.
1: Yeah. These
0: people, like, and I will say, to put, throw in a real story, to make this seem very, very real, right? Let's throw it back to Creighton basketball, right? When everything goes down, George Floyd, unrest, we want to get out here and, uh, like, everybody at Creighton basketball, this was, like, right when it happened. So we all, as a team, we wanted to put a message out there. We wanted to have dialogue with all, all coaches, like, when it all happened, like, I remember immediately probably two days after I talked to Mac and what he said to me, and he's been trying to push this envelope forward all year and I salute him for it where he has like Dame or Denzel or whoever it is on the team share some of their message. Like I think it's on the big screen before games or they put it posted on Twitter talking about just their feelings on, uh, social injustices, racial injustices of the country, or just their personal experience growing up, like, mm-hmm. right? Because, and I think it's great because the one thing Max said to me when he called me a couple of days after the George Floyd murder was, he was like, look, man, like, skirt like, you know, I know you and I know where you come from. I know how you were raised. I know your upbringing, he goes, but these people don't, like, and he was referring to just creating fans, creating boosters, because he, at a, at the time, he said he was on even uh he was on I think he was on a golf trip with uh, some of the boosters or uh, with some other coaches one of the two, and he was just like um, some of these people they just don't know your story they don't know the story of a Jordan Scurry or Damian Jefferson or Denzel Mahone they they don't they've never had and talk about a place of privilege like you were saying before they've never even had to think about it why like from your position as yeah you wouldn't have someone to. who's a Creighton booster yeah. you've been born into money and you you have a steady like your life was kind of set up for you from the moment you were born, right? Like, you don't have to think about the life of a Jordan Scurrier like anybody else because Mm -hmm. of where you're at. And I think a lot of these people in offices that we're talking about now, like if the average age is 68, these people never had to think about some of these injustices that are going on now. And now because they're national news and really going on, they're forced to and don't actually know how. Yeah. So I think as I long totally as we agree. keep like and as long as we keep pushing this envelope forward of like progress, 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 because that's not something I don't think at least that these 68 year olds, like in these higher level politicians ever thought they were like, this, there's just a set way that government and this system goes. There is no like, progress was never the thought there. And I, so I think as long as we keep saying progress is part of that people will start to take notice to it at least maybe they won't get it at first but they'll start to take notice and that's when we get somewhere man that's why the
1: conversation has to continue yes because if it goes away it it leaves your mind it leaves the front of your mind and you don't focus on it anymore and then when it happens again you just think it's like an isolated incident and it's not Mm -hmm. it's a Mm -hmm. systemic thing yeah it's like, like like i said you're talking about people that are of that age and of that upbringing and have no understanding of what, Mm. who Jordan Scurry is or who Mm. Damian Jefferson is or where they're from or what they've gone through in their life.
0: Mm. And
1: then you think, just go back. I mean, just to, just to relate to it personally, I just told you a a few texts ago, 18 years into my life, I didn't know how to interact with that. Mm. I didn't Mm. know what that was about. It took me another 18 years of interacting with people like you Mm -hmm. to understand it, that there are different backgrounds, different people and not everybody's life experience is the same, mm-hmm. so it took me it took me half my life to realize I didn't know it, and now the second half of my life to understand it to the point where I'm talking about it in this manner. Mm-hmm. You understand? So yeah, mm-hmm. now we're, now you mentioned the people that are of that are twice my age mm-hmm. that have had no prior experience of that. Imagine what it's like trying to learn that at that age. Like, how would you even embrace that? It's just like it's almost an impossible task. Because so that's almost, why this con- that's why this conversation needs to continue every day, on un- every day, everywhere, everywhere. until yes. until the changes are enacted. It's yes. not about the narrative anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about Absolutely. the ideals, the policies, the laws. It all has to change. You got to shake it all up because shake it's it not right up. right now. It's affecting a large segment of the population. People. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't how do you live? How do you live in fear like that? Wouldn't you I can't imagine how your hearts don't explode at like 10 years old of all the anxiety that you're going through going through?
0: Mm.
1: Just if you are cognizant of that experience and knowing that every waking moment could be the wrong one that you're walking into, mm. and that's the end. I mean, think about go back years, Definitely. like how old was Trayvon Martin? 12, 13. I mean, yeah, teenager, right? 15, 16, right? Tamir Rice, yeah. 12. Like, think about that. They didn't even get they didn't even get to they didn't even get to the point in my life where I finally under where I finally like woke up to it, where I was like, oh wow, there are different people out here. And I should I try should to try to like learn what these cultures are about and see if you know, try to mingle a little bit, try to get outside mm-hmm. my comfort zone. They didn't even get to that point in my life where I got to that. So what did they experience at that point? And now we're talking. Yeah. And now we're talking about sixty-year-olds who probably haven't either. They didn't even yeah. get a full life. They didn't even get-, get outside your comfort zone. Challenge yourselves. Challenge yourselves. Learn. Always be learning. Please. Please. Please because if you because at, at the end of the day, you're not you got you're a good, good heart. Good. If you've got a good heart and you're well intentioned, you're not going to not be moved by these issues. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. If you hate people, then you probably won't be changed and but yeah. we all at least know where you stand yeah you know what i mean because but you you can't learn about these issues and not be moved to action like you just can't you can't you can't not be inspired by the emotional toll that's being you know carried by these people you can't you see it on their it's faces just to see, it's just i don't know really how many see. times i had to watch a coach this summer just like a coach or a player just like cry on camera right. i think i don't know if i mentioned that before but it's like that shit's heartbreaking, man. Yeah, sucks. But that comes from the rawest coach, place. Coach, that comes from players, the rawest
0: place they feel. Newscasters, all of it, broadcasters, everyone, yeah. man. That shit hit everyone. That's so raw. Every like you have like ev- You can tell who like really, and especially from those, you can tell who really is feeling it versus not. Because it's just The times in my life where I felt that way, like, it's just overwhelming, man. Like, it's like, wow, shit is really just stacked up against me. Like, and that's just like, I think people are really, and I'm saying like, white people, white coaches, white players, I think they're really like, wow, we're starting to realize that. Like, that that was like an everyday thing. And so that's why, again, we just need to keep having these conversations, because the more that people can step into, I'm not even like, I'm not even gonna make it even deeper than this. The more we can step into just feeling more and more for the other, another person in our lives, the better off we're doing. Mm -hmm. The more we can get to a place where I can look at you and say, I feel more like I, I understand your situation more. I understand where you come from more now today than I did yesterday,
1: better off we'll be. For sure. We can solve problems together. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. how we do it. We understand and then and and we feel the it. And conflict, we're like, okay, right, that's solutions.
0: the problem. Is, yeah. It would nice be nice if we were coming up with solutions all day instead yeah, of constantly just like,
1: you yeah, well, I'll just dismiss that. It's an isolated incident. Yeah. It'll take care of itself. Oh, yeah. We have a system designed to help that person eventually, right? If they do the right things. No, not always. Except, no, that system yeah. is out. Like I said, study the Voting Rights Act, study minimum wage laws, study. Study everything. It's all woven together. All of it's oh, all connected. Man. Study the drug war. Study the war on drugs. Seriously. Study the war on drugs, and you'll Actually. be like, holy shit, I yeah. don't understand all of this right now. You'll, you'll be you'll, like, you'll, Reagan you'll, you'll, Reagan you'll find did what? You'll find out like 85% Reagan of your stereotypes. What? As, a, as brought up in a white neighborhood in white suburbs in white schools, if you study the war on drugs, you'll learn 85% of where your stereotypes are born from.
0: Oh, absolutely! Like, I
1: guarantee it. Go
0: even watch. Just watch the crack epidemic on Netflix right now, right now. Like mm-hmm. it is really good. It'll tell you everything you need to know. They try. That's the shit they hide from you in school. If anybody needs <laughs> yeah. the information you should have learned the- in school, that's the shit that America is so embarrassed that they won't tell you about in school. That those is. Are the, it. Those are the horror that is stories. The, those. Yeah. Those are probably the years. Yeah. Right. Because you go like, if you think like Nixon Reagan. All those years they don't tell you about. Mm-hmm. They just tell you. They, that's what I hate about. I, I don't know about your middle school, but the way they taught us and shit, they were like, "Yeah, Watergate." I'm like what the fuck was is, is Watergate? Like I don't know <laughs> what that means. Like, they, did he build a dam and it broke? Like they fired him because of that? Like what? Well, when like, I, what when I was about? in
1: middle school, when I was in middle school, Bill, Clinton, uh, the president of the United States, was getting impeached for lying about a blowjob. So. Oh, those were were the those were yeah. I was Clinton in middle school. Yeah, I was. I think I was like seven in that. Oh yeah. So you had you you see see. I only found out about the. (laughs) I only found out about the Dave
0: Chappelle thing, the Clinton Dave Chappelle jokes when I was like way way after Clinton that had died down, Mm -hmm. because I I was young. I, was I remember, 16. I remember, his, I
1: remember his bit. It was in Killing Him Softly. I remember his.
0: bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I only watched yeah. Killing Him Softly when I was like probably seventeen. Mm-hmm. So that was like 2015.
1: No, I'd be over at my grandparents' house, and they'd like have that. It was on. 20, I was on the TV 24 seven. All you heard about that's I'm one. Just, of like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like playing with like action figures, and it's like. You know, they're talking about, like, the president getting a blowjob and stuff. And, like, basically what was embedded in my brain at that point in life is, like, blowjobs are bad. So, all right, well, okay. Oh, well, you com- No yeah. You had
0: the wrong I, I mean I'm, I'm just saying gonna, that's why <laughs> that's
1: like that's that's what but, see America tries does, to paint everything. back then back see, then it was okay to impeach a president, but say now blow jobs is bad. Yeah, they don't but, know what they talk about. <laughs> but now it's like now we can't impeach a president for inciting a domestic terrorist attack. That's all of a sudden a debate now. Uh, back then it was like a debate yeah, about whether yeah. a president should be able to get a blowjob in the Oval Office. So that's what yeah, that was my We've come a long way. way. It's just come middle. a long way in America, huh? Yeah, those were the that was the most controversial thing I learned about in school. Was like,
0: Jesus. here's why it's
1: bad to lie about cheating on your wife, everybody. Oh, okay. Jesus, you know it was not controversial
0: though. Connor got his ass knocked out last
1: night, dude. Oh my god! No, there was Connor no- got his shit rocked last night, bro. There was no controversy surrounding that at all. I, I got I, I was his surprised shit. Though I, thought, I knew it was coming too. Did you not know it was coming? When when did when, you know it was coming? Because when
0: Poirier in that like he started just railing off punches and Connor was just like, oh well, yeah.
1: Then yeah, then I knew he was already fucked. But um, like
0: once he started like once Poirier started throwing like combinations and just you were like, oh, one of these is gonna connect and it's over. Mm-hmm. Like he just started going ham hey, and you were like, oh shit! If it just <laughs> literally connects a little bit, Connor's done right now.
1: Well, here's the thing. Like I thought. I thought uh it was like one of these little hand picked like get Connor up back up again type of fights cuz he's already starched this dude and I'm just like Poirier's chinny as hell and he's like war torn he's been in so many like yeah just absolute slugfest it's like yeah. can this dude take Connor's punch anymore like I don't even know and then I and then he comes in and you know the thing I like I noticed about Connor is like he is not evolving at all He's still that same, like he'll shoot that right straight and then he'll throw that left hand and like he's like Popeye the
0: Sailor Man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He basically just tries to put you away with the same old stuff. And it's yeah. like and it's like, dude, you're up in weight now. You gotta like mix things up, change your game. You gotta evolve a you little think bit. He got tired same quick? Old tricks, I thought
0: he got tired quick last night.
1: I don't think he got tired. I think he got hurt. Cause he's now he he he's he carrying hurt. He's put I mean, I'm just saying his power like, has not yeah. his power. That knocked everybody out at 145 that yeah. made him the star that he is. Yeah. He's not played up yet. Yeah. Like, he. think about all the stuff he hit every Eddie Alvarez with, and he didn't even KO him. He just put him on Queer Street, you know? Yeah. Like, Cerrone, that was, like, that was a work. I don't even want to talk about that fight. Like, Cerrone took a dive. Um. See, everyone, so he's was, three and three. everyone was more hyped on that one, though. Well, it's because you put him away quick, and they didn't realize, oh, yeah, Cerrone was just in there for a payday. Like, he did. Yeah. He wasn't ready to fight somebody. Um, he even admitted that later. He admitted that like a week later. He's like, Yeah, I just didn't really want to be there fight week and stuff. I just didn't, I just wasn't like there. I you was know like, what? Yeah, we could tell because you folded say the
0: same shit in a week.
1: Yeah, because you folded like a lawn chair in like 30 seconds, flat. So we could tell you didn't want to be there. Glad you got paid for it though. Um so he's three and three up above one forty five right now. And all three, all three losses are stoppages. Like he's gotten, like Nate beat his ass and choked him out in, in round two. Poirier just KO'd him, stiffing him against the cage in round two. And then the other loss is Khabib just absolutely ragdolling his ass and choking him <laughs> out <laughs> and yeah. dropping him with like Yo, know, you know,
0: so I don't <laughs> think he'll win another. He he disrespected Allah. And now he hasn't won a fight since. You can't just disres- disrespect Khabib and Allah.
1: In that man's family name, yeah, expect right. to win a fight after. That's true. Yeah, he did mess up. But I'm saying, like, if he he's like, I I totally, I'm 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 totally vibing with Khabib right now. If I watched last night, I'm like, okay, so the dude, I, that already, was my, I saw, dude, I, saw, I, 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 saw out, out I saw the dude who the dude who I already choked out, knocked out the dude I already choked out too. Like, I've already beaten both of their asses. Like, why do I need to come back for this?
0: And it's so true because the first the thing I thought after that fight is, I really was, I I like I. I, I I was on the phone with my pops. So I was like, well, first of all, happy I did not make a bet. And then secondly, I was like, <laughs> yo, this dude is – like Khabib is still on it, he's like in a different world than all other." Like
1: He's just – he planet. would kill them all. Kill them. Smash them. Kill them. Like Michael Chandler last night was kind of intriguing because he's a really high-level wrestler and those hands are serious. But I feel like that's also what Gaethje did. Like he had serious hands. Actual really good boxing and good wrestling, mm-hmm. but Khabib still pressured the shit out of him, put him on the back foot the whole time, made him uncomfortable as hell. And once it got to the ground, he got worked over oh, bad. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So like Khabib's just different. Different. So if you're talking about trying to inspire this dude to come back, I don't think anything that happened last night is going to do the trick. Yeah, if GSP comes out popping right now and he's like, Hey, I want to fight Khabib, let's do it. If I was Khabib, Khabib I'd just like watch the highlights
0: from last night. I'd be like, Not good enough. No,
1: (laughs) new (laughs) candidates, (laughs) boring, boring old fighters. It's like, Get me bear, get me bear. Bring there was nothing about the Connor fight that was competitive. I'd pay more to see Khabib fight a bear than I would any human being. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good scrap. But I feel like there's a lot of free YouTube videos of that already happening, so you can check. I it. know, but I just want to see it in a cage, like an actual trained bear, like, like an that, actual trained bear yeah. with like a good jab and stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, some good low they kicks. Know, they they're low not very. De- they're not. They don't have much dexterity in their lower half, but he like, could get some calf kicks off or whatever. Yeah, definitely something like that. It was just wild how Connor never checked any of those calf kicks until it was like too late. Yeah, and then he walks yeah. out of the, the. Yeah. He was on a crutch at the crutch of the fight. Yeah, know no is bad. Ser- that must have hurt. Seriously. He probably didn't sleep last night. That sucks. Well, I just, I just like the way that fight ended was like, oh my God. He got yeah. whooped, dude. I just don't know if well, I about- can believe the way he talks anymore.
0: I can't either. That's what I was just about to say. It,
1: so that's what I mean. For Yo. a Connor fan, for, I haven't been a Connor fan. I've been like the guy who always wants to see him get knocked out on his face. So, like, but he talks like he makes you believe in it's his tough
0: now it's tough
1: what's left
0: because only because what he says after i miss when after even even when he would lose before after he would still be like it was bullshit like i, sh- I should they should have let me fight more like whatever it is like he would have he, he just put in his fans he like hyped us up and we were like okay like at least like he's not like going out sad like last night he was like yeah you know I got worked. I'm gonna go back. You know, hang out with my family. You know, Dude. calm down. Have a nice, chill <laughs> night. I'm like, no, go get blackout out and then start training again tomorrow for your next fight. Like, learn
1: some new <laughs> tricks. Yeah, like, like, yeah. You know, what, you know what's funny is like Marcus. Uh, you know, you knew Caleb, Caleb Joseph, right? Like, so yeah. Marcus and Caleb, big Connor marks, right? Yeah. So <laughs> after Khabib just washed him, right? And it was funny because I was like talking trash before that. I was like, cause could be you've had that like way in where he's like, I'm gonna smash your boy, where he basically told all Connor's fans, like, shit's about to go down tomorrow, like you guys yeah. don't know what's coming. I like was I was like, I was trash talking Marcus. I was like, I was like saying, smash your boy, like all day at practice on that uh, morning or whatever, that Saturday. Uh, like, smash your boy, smash your boy. Um, and then he did. <laughs> so the next day I was just like, can't say nothing. But then Connor comes out with that Instagram post where he basically goes Round by round, analyzing all the ways it wasn't as bad as it looked, and like how he'll whip him the next if you time have out.
0: To say it wasn't Dude, Connor as bad and as Caleb.
1: It Connor and Caleb got like laser focused at like when I was like trashing that. I was like, he's full of it, man. Like that will nothing will change in the next fight. They were like, well, why is he wrong? Like, what's what's he wrong about and stuff? That's why we gotta have market. We gotta try to have Marcus on. Next we're gonna one. have him on. Don't worry. Like it was like, what's he wrong about? What's he wrong about? And I'm just like, did you? I mean, what the what? They stood for a whole round. Round three was all on the feet. Like, did Connor even come close to looking like he could put Khabib away? Khabib stood in his face the whole time and, like, just rolled with punches. Like, flipped shots. Like, that dude is on a different level. Like, connor has got a – yeah, he hits hard with his left hand and he's got some smooth boxing, but Khabib wasn't sweating any of that. He stood right in front of him for five whole minutes. He's like, all right, I won't take you down this time. We'll play your game or whatever. And it didn't even come close to being in danger at all. He didn't even get hit with a shot that put him wobbly. So it's like, why would that change? Dustin Poirier uh, came out and took Connor down right away. I know. Could people pick I him had, up and throw him out of the cage? I cane. had way more. I had way more faith in Connor than he wanted to go out and show us today. I just want to see how you, Yesterday. how Connor fans are going to move forward with him because he says the same stuff to like hype up. He's like, "Oh man, I feel like the best ever. My camp was." top-notch uh it was the greatest i feel like the greatest version of myself and all that like he does that every single time i'm just like all right well you kind of gotta show everybody yeah and then it'll be
0: interesting i want to see how (laughs) i'm just more interested to see how he's gonna change like his whole like beast perspective because like he's a dad now and he made it like very apparent in his last post game like in that post game interview or post fight interview because he was like you know I'm gonna go back and hang out with my kids and wife, and I'm like, that wasn't you before. Like you were Playboy Killer Connor, <laughs> and now th- what is this character arc we're doing here? I don't know if this is good. Dude, wasn't it weird,
1: way. right? Like hugging Poirier. So and like I was so like, wait, weird. I thought you're. was like, you're is- just
0: any like he pulled up in the same suit, and I'm like, but before it was like, I don't know, it just didn't have the same bravado it used to have. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, plus. He talked about in the cage last night, he's like, inactivity, this is a product of inactivity. Like, ring rust is real. And I'm just like, ring rust is only real if you spent, like, 11 months partying and then, like, got ready for your eight-week camp or whatever. Yeah. Because then you didn't level up at all. Yeah. In between fights, you just got yourself I'm like,
0: bro. All we were shut down, locked down in COVID. Like, I yeah. don't know if they, you didn't learn no new kicks, no new yeah. punches. No,
1: yeah. No takedown he didn't defense, play. no jits. He, he like, must have no, not
0: he didn't play no ultimate fighter, or nothing. He didn't learn right. any.
1: No, he just came out with the same old tricks and then he got whipped. Mortal Kombat, maybe nothing. That's what I'm saying. Go back and watch like they fought six and a half years ago. Connor looks like the same exact fighter. Poirier looked way different. Not just physically, but, like, with what he was throwing. Yeah. It like so it's he had like new some combos. one fighter. combos. Yes. That, yeah. yeah. One fighter evolved his skill set. The other one was like, I can lean on this. That's what I was We're saying. Good. Like,
0: I was like, Poirier starts throwing these combos. I'm like, dude, once one of these connects? Connor's done. Yeah. Nothing. Connor, there him. was no point. I was like, oh, when Connor throws that, if that connects, like, Poirier's
1: also, done. why did Connor scrap that little wide stance of his? Why did he go traditional boxing stance? He doesn't even have like a good jab. I he, thought like, it was tri- worse for him. He, like, I he, thought like, it was worse
0: for him. It opened him up more.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. It made him way more hittable. Like the whole thing with his range is like he keeps that like lead hand out yeah. there, and it's like hard for you to get I into range. And because of his because of his uh his like wingspan, he's got that seventy four inch reach. I don't know. We're by the time you in get this- into like <laughs> shooting range for your shots, like he can still touch you. That's like We're the doing whole a scary deal. Scary in the scrub live watch next. UFC fight, <laughs> next intriguing UFC
0: fight. We're oh, gonna yeah. go live and see how many people tune in. And they're like, "What are you guys talking about?" I want to do it. Yeah, I could do it. I love, I love, I love all that stuff. Speaking of things to watch, who you got today? I never even asked you.
1: Oh yeah, dude, I'm gonna be split screening because Creighton volleyball plays it too. So I'm gonna have like the Brady and Rogers at the same time. I just dude, I'm always, Brady. I'm always riding with Brady. I, like, I can't.
0: Yeah, I can't bet against him. I can't.
1: Plus, plus I've been Anto- arguing so this Antonio whole time. Antonio Brown
0: there. is out. Antonio Brown is out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be the advantage. I was like, this is what's going to set him up. Cause I'm like cold Lambo. you know, who's used to playing in the cold, the guy who was in Pittsburgh and the guy who was in new England. And so the, and then also we have like Gronk who's built out of like machinery. So he'll be fine in the cold too. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is a typical don't bet against the Pats. I mean, wait, don't bet against the Tampa Bay bucks game and uh, don't bet against Tom Brady game. And, uh, they're gonna obviously end up in the Super Bowl, but now with AB out, I think it'll be more of a game. But I, I still think, man, I just got a weird. Oh, so turn. you were
1: thinking it was gonna be a whooping, huh? Yeah, I thought, I thought the Bucks were gonna whoop them.
0: Whoop. I em. thought the, I thought the Buck. I thought it was gonna be like I That's thought the Bucks more. were gonna. I thought the Bucks were really gonna go into Lambo. This was me two days ago when I thought AB was playing, and I was like si- sipping the Brady syrup. I was like, all right. uh, I think good they'll good probably win. Energy, I was I was though. I was probably predicting like a 35 27 game. Yeah. That's not whoop them, I guess, but that's like put up 35 points. Like that was my prediction. Now I think it'll be like a a lot like a last game. I think it'll be in the twenties. I think it'll be like a 27, 24, kind of close game like that.
1: Okay. Who you got? I don't know. I'm still trying to shake the image of you coming out pro blowjob and then talking about Brady syrup. I'm all thrown out of whack right now. Like pro blowjob, Brady syrup. That yeah, you okay. I mean you're like sipping Brady syrup, and I'm just like, what? I get it, but did you, okay. you say
0: that out loud? The know. Brady Kool Aid. Then how about that? The Brady that's Kool-Aid.
1: usually what people say. <laughs> usually, how? Yeah, the I was Kool-Aid.
0: trying to throw a rhyme. I got this the mic. Key, in my bed, the Kool Aid is all right. <laughs> All right, pause to what I said because now pause, we're rewind,
1: listen, scrap it. No, nope. listen, and be like, All right, that was this is, that was weird. This is unedited. Sorry, so, bro. um, yeah, I like no, I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and edit this one. Um, <laughs> I've always rock with Brady, you know, that like. I did it.
0: I was mad. I was mad at Brady. You know, I hated Brady for the first six weeks of this year, and then I was like, "Yeah, I know." But that's
1: just that's because you didn't realize what what your actual affinity was.
0: I was just mad he left.
1: Well, because you thought the Patriots were the dynasty, not Brady. So that's why that's your fault. You realized that too late Um, because you were all on the Cam hype wagon. You're like, "Cam will get us back. We'll be good. We won't miss a beat."
0: Eight opt outs. He still would have made the playoffs
1: anyway. Um, (laughs) And that would be it. yeah, I'm riding. I always ride with Brady, especially in the Rodgers debate, because people, too many people, have always been trying to be like Rogers is the actual goat, while Brady's actually cashing in and winning rings and breaking records. I'm like, how? Yeah, it, doesn't it, make it sense. makes me, it drives me nuts because I feel like that. I feel like if LeBron and MJ played in the same era, people would call LeBron the goat, even though MJ would be racking off titles. Because Brady did that, and people still called Rogers the goat. I'm like, wait. <laughs> This dude's literally winning all the time. I think it's
0: just nah, – no, I think it's just people – some people prefer like like, Aaron Rodgers has more swag when he like throws the football and he scrambles in the pocket and like what he can do. And yeah, some people I think are uh, – some people I think are tied or like really cling to the argument that he's a more talented quarterback right. per And that's se, how they
1: measure goatness. Yeah, I
0: know. Which
1: doesn't make sense.
0: I agree. Because I'm like, okay – Are we saying and this is where I don't get like this is where you can never have a concrete debate in the GOAT conversation? Because I'm like, are we debating who's a more talented player or who's had a better career? Because Tom Brady has had the best football career, period. Like it's not even a debate.
1: I feel like it should be nothing. Well, because because why do you play at the end of the day? You play. I agree. And this is why I have to this is why I say
0: this is why I say and, and as long and this is why you you can and this is why Nick right? I, I don't get it, because if you're a Tom, uh, you're a LeBron fan, it would only make sense to be a Tom Brady fan because it's like the same kind of goatness because yeah. you're describing like resume. It's like whose resume is the mm-hmm. who's at the end of the day, who's taking their professional sports resume and is like stacking it up the best of the best and saying mine is the best. Tom Brady is like top of the top. It's like hard to even come close to his. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, that's my goat, because that's what it is. So that's why I'm like LeBron, too. I, but LeBron, obviously, it's a lot closer, because if we're measuring championships, obviously, there's MJ's right there with championships. Kobe's right there with championships. So that's where it's like, whatever. But I'm like, it's the same argument, though.
1: That's what I'm saying. I think this... Longevity
0: in, yeah. like, numbered championships. I'm today
1: like, Today is the opportunity to end the conversation, because the whole argument with against Brady's goatness was... Uh, a product. I mean, Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. So it's like he's not actually doing it all. Uh, the Patriots have the best dynasty in sports. So it's not. It's not like he doesn't have help. And then he goes to the Bucks, and he gets them to the NFC Championship game in year one. The freaking Tampa year Bay one. Buccaneers, year the one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think you what what what's good about now, the if way he you beats said that, Rogers though. in Lambo, there is no more. There's conversation. no debate. There's no debate anymore because you can't have you can't have like oh MJ uh, LeBron's better than MJ, and then have MJ literally go into like quick and loans yeah. or whatever, and like and like whoop yeah them. yeah, and then say and then say well you know. This happened. That happened. LeBron still the goat. No, he's not. Like that, they went head to head. It's over. Uh, we don't. I don't know. Like I don't know night, why the
0: idea of MJ at Quick and Loan Center in like two thousand seven just like came <laughs> into my head and like MJ giving off yeah. like forty five. Yeah, like I don't know why. Handing out a forty
1: piece in the forty season. piece. Yeah, you, I don't know why. But, when you yeah. watch it, if if Brady wins today, I mean, I think he's the GOAT anyway. But for the people that are still hanging on to. You know, Rogers. No, is the today would be on ever like today, today, today you know, wouldn't even. It, it wouldn't even be close. Like Rogers wins today, and he puts himself further up the ladder in the conversation. Brady wins in today, the and there is no conversation. No, it's okay. over. If we're I don't gonna wanna, be honest, I don't ever want to hear we're it be, again.
0: If, if we're going to be honest, if Rogers wins today, that puts him in like
1: the like Peyton Manning conversation. Yes. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Because he'll be going exactly. to get another. He'll be going to get his second ring and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Which I still don't. But if know, he loses but yeah, at but... if he loses at home to Brady in a Bucks uniform, it is over. The conversation is over. If
0: Brady really does, this is really some goat shit. If Brady loses, if because think you about it, yo, dude, dude, dude goat dude,
1: shit ever. He would be to some a new ass, ass, ass team, new ass, ass team that, dudes, that has the Super in their home arena. Yeah. That would be yeah. some goat shit. Goat shit. Like th- this is going to be one of the best right. chapters
0: in the Brady book if he pulls this on.
1: Right. It would be like the ultimate. It would be better than anything he's done in his career yet. Skip and Bayless, Bayless is like, going to fucking lose his mind on, on Monday. Skip Bayless is going to lose his mind next week. <laughs> See, that's, I like. that's the one bad part about it is like I don't ride with Skip. No who does, but he's right, he's right on those two points. Like who does? (laughs) Who rides with Skip? I know, I don't, but like when he's on his MJ and his and his Brady bullshit, like I'm like, Yeah, Skip, tell him both
0: you're you're just nostalgic of MJ, and then Brady, you know great. You all right see this is why
1: this is why we're having Marcus on next week because we're we're getting into this. We're gonna we've had six weeks to be friends. We're getting this MJ LeBron stuff off our chest now. All right,
0: let's do it. Episode
1: seven might be the last episode of Scurry in the screw. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no no we gotta have i want to have this segment because i want call-ins too i want to have call-ins for this dude segment. we can't
1: well how are we gonna call I don't have a freaking you have to i got like a phone here sitting waiting for people what, you what do you mean no. come on oh, we can zoom
0: somebody we could can, we, we could
1: can put one more oh we want to zoom in yeah <laughs> you want to no zoom? we can
0: yeah we can we we can get oh, into geez. yeah zoom in strangers be like all right like weigh in weigh in what's <laughs> what's your ammo Oh, oh. And they would be like, oh, championships click out, you know? Yeah, and then what, what if we do don't
1: do? screen anybody and they're, like, mad from week three and they're, like, hella racist, like, if we don't screen them and they just start dropping M-bombs everywhere, then how are you going to
0: feel? Oh, that could be fun. We could get okay. into that combo. We get a white supremacist on Scurry in the Scrub? Boy,
1: turn me up. We just have a clan member on.
0: Turn me up. me Get me a white supremacist. We should go hit up
1: David Duke from Providence and David Duke from KKK <laughs> and just have them, like, talk it out. <laughs> Scary
0: and the Scrub special. We're uh, actually defeating racism with the Clash of David Dukes next week. Clash of David uh, Dukes next
1: week. Clash it's a, ba- of David it's a Dukes. battle for the name rights.
0: Battle for the name rights. We're either gonna make this a negative name that no black person can ever have, or it is a solely black name for the rest yeah, of time. For the rest
1: of time. For the time. We're gonna of
0: basically time. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do what we did to the N word with the name David Duke, and like you can only it's like say it if you're black. You could only. <laughs> We're gonna call it. Well,
1: why can't I say David Duke? Or why can't I name my kid David Duke? Like they do with the You're N? Like, why can't I say the no, N-word? Because uh,
0: uh, uh. Rep- that's part of the reparations, all yeah. right? Like that's part It of is. It. It's part of the come We right? own that name now.
1: That's the <laughs> yeah. least you could do. We took that's it back. It's ours. ours. We can it's only... ours. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Oh. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we watched your a great feedback. way to end. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> way to end.
0: Oh, wait. All right. Wait, give me the you didn't go night game though. So who you got in the night game? Oh, well,
1: Mahomes is playing, so it's, it's over. I love it. Good. Bills Mafia, oh. fuck you. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot you were a Bills. Fan. You know what? Go Bills, because I forgot how hate you. Oh,
0: hate see, it. you ruined it. I was well, I just end. didn't
1: realize how much energy I had to channel. To, to, I know nobody to from Bills Mafia
0: is listening to this, so. I, I want to try to provide balance on nation. this
1: show, so like, I forgot how much you hate them. So, yeah. yeah, I need to count. I'll help the Bills go in and work. I swear later. to
0: God, if I see, if, if the Bills go to the Super Bowl, I'm – I'm getting off Twitter tonight. If if anything, if the game was remotely close, I'm turning off the TV. What if,
1: what if the Bills beat Brady in the Super Bowl? Like it just ends your whole reason for living. No? I might never watch football again. Yeah, I was gonna say you would never watch another NFL game ever. Do you know what kind of
0: mind fuck that would be? Like for <laughs> for for every year of my life, Brady just used to wipe his ass with the Bills. Yeah. And then the last year, like the year he goes to Tampa Bay, he just gets beat by Stefan Diggs and yeah, I don't need what is because Brady,
1: because Brady would be all you have left. Wyoming. in the game, you it would feel like you'd be like, All right, I'm still here. This is still my guy. And then the Brady and the bullet there's Bills no
0: way Brady the Bills just, just end that and they Tampa start their dying. they start
1: their AFC. I should East just start betting now, great. is what you're telling me. I should just start
0: pooling my money on Brady right now <laughs> because there's no way he's losing a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay to Buffalo of all teams. They literally have a buccaneer like ship in their stadium. Like, yeah, they do. There's yeah. no what. Oh God, yeah. See, <laughs> this is going to be torture. Like, this is torture.
1: All right, everyone, hit us up with your feedback. We're gonna shoot out our emails because we said some we said some crazy stuff, but uh, we want this conversation to continue. So, if you got things to say, we want to hear them. Otherwise, we keep, otherwise, another. we're just gonna keep talking to ourselves. Yeah, which I don't. Which I don't mind. Um, Not me either. All right, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll chat back in next Sunday and see how right or wrong we were on our predictions. But
0: thanks for tuning in.
1: Peace.